0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life-ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe, and we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about.
1: Welcome, everyone, to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. My name is Susan Sellers. I am the spouse of an active duty service member, parent to three military kids, parent-to-parent educator, and now podcast host at the Military Child Education Coalition. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of reading to our children and a fantastic resource available in United Through Reading program. Joining me today from United Through Reading is Molly Haskin. As a member of the operations team, Molly facilitates program distribution and implementation to the Army, Air Force, and National Guard Command nationwide. A licensed, certified speech-language pathologist, Molly received her Master's of Science in Communication, Speech, and Hearing Disorders from East Carolina University. She has practiced in her field for 10 years and finds the development of early childhood literacy skills a specific area of interest. As an active-duty military spouse of 16 years, Molly's experiences stem from volunteering and leading military family support programs, and she understands the direct benefits of these programs provided to her own family during her husband's multiple deployments. Molly's husband remains on active duty, and they reside in Alexandria, Virginia, with their two children. Molly, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for having me.
1: So can you tell us more about your work with military families and how you became involved with the Military Child Education Coalition?
2: Yes, I'm so happy to be here today to discuss um, and spotlight how United Through Reading assists military families that might be struggling with separation. Uh, the United Through Reading program is a very simple program but very impactful in its mission. We aim to connect service members with their families through the read-aloud experience. So what we provide is the means for the soldiers or the sailors or the airmen to record themselves reading out loud to their children, and the child then receives the recording and the brand-new book to continue to have story time on demand with their loved one, even if they might not be physically together.
1: Well, that sounds absolutely wonderful. I was reading one of the statistics you had, um, that was on your website, and it mentioned over 100,000 military parents deploy every year on an average of six months. So that's a lot of bedtime stories that are, that are being missed. Um, and we realize as military families that the separation is, can certainly be challenging. Can you give some of the examples of how um, United Through Reading can help with uh, alleviating the
2: stress? Yes, absolutely. So we like to say that we cover the R's of the military life. And those R's are United for Reading is a reassuring program. It's a repeatable program. It's a reliable program. And it ultimately helps maintain resiliency for those participating in the program. And I'll sort of touch on each of those points now. It's reassuring to our military children because they can actually see their loved one's face on the video recording when they're reading together. And so that lets them know that their parent is safe and that they're thinking about them even when they're not together. It's repeatable because, as you well know, no child likes to just read a book once and <laughs> they want to Absolutely. read it, you know, five or six or ten times. Uh, and because we provide books that are full of, um, or there are titles that are very familiar to most families, um, like the Cat in the Hat series, or any of those other series that you're very familiar with, the children um, enjoy watching them over and over again. So our recordings aren't usually just watched once, they're watched multiple times. It's reliable because, just because a service member makes a recording at a certain time, uh, it might not be very convenient for the child to watch at that same time. So it's reliable that the child knows that they have story time on demand whenever they want and not necessarily at the you know, at their service members' schedule. And it ultimately helps maintain resiliency for military children because military children go through a lot of changes in routines, in where they live, Uh, and in what their job, you know, the jobs of their service members might be doing. So knowing that they can have story time with their service member anytime they want it, and it's the kind of comforting story time that they're used to even when they're home, it's just a wonderful program for helping to maintain a stress-free home uh, during, you know, challenging separations. Absolutely.
1: And as a family that's actually used um, United Through Reading, I can definitely attest to it was great to use, especially with my kids when they were younger, um, because my husband, when he deployed, my children were, were so young that I was concerned about when he came back, he would be coming back as a, as a stranger and, and not as their father. So we actually used it as a way for them to connect with him even at an early age and to recognize his voice and recognize his face so that when uh, we finally had homecoming, it began with welcoming him back to the home versus, you know, welcoming a stranger. So we absolutely love the program and still have the CDs. I think they're fantastic. Well,
2: that makes me so happy to hear. And, that, and to your point, I mean, definitely United Through Reading Program is focused to the benefit of the military child, but there are byproduct benefits as well, and that is, that the service member is still a parent or a love, you know, uh, an involved individual in this special child's life from afar, and that is comforting and reassuring to them as well. Um, we we do get a lot of, you know, surveys saying I did this for my child, but it turned out it was just as much for me as well. And then it supports the military spouse who's at home, juggling everything that they have to juggle while parenting and raising a family and keeping the home front safe. Um, because it allows them to feel supported by that service member who's not home, and, and it, it supports them in their day-to-day activities as well. So it really benefits everyone it touches, um, even though the primary beneficiary is technically the child.
1: Absolutely. And, and I know, you know there's different ways to stay connected when you're separated from, from your soldier. So can you go into a little bit about why reading is so important to um with our children at such an early age.
2: And I think the most important part is the bond that forms during the read aloud experience. And that is something that um, when we get feedback from our beneficiaries, they say, you know, it was almost as if our loved one was in the room with us. And children will often sort of assume the typical reading position when the, the video is played. So they'll curl up on the couch with the books that they can read along and feel very comforted by the video that's playing and then watching their loved one read. So I think it's um, that, that the reading is so important for that reason. And we have a lot of beneficiaries who are not quite um, just the parent-child beneficiary. We actually had a great story passed along to us from a member of the Coast Guard who was an aunt and who made multiple recordings for her niece and nephew. And when she finally was able to go and visit them, the first thing they did was go and grab the books that she had sent them and come and sit next to her on the couch, because in their mind, that's what their aunt did. She read to them. And so it's that kind of bond that is fostered through this program that is just impossible to replace
1: absolutely and i think you touched upon it two things that really stood out for me is one um the parent adult relationship doesn't always have to be um The parents, it actually can be an aunt, it can be an uncle because you're putting individuals that are in their environment to help foster and to um, model, that was the other thing I was thinking of, behaviors Mm. that we would like our children to see. And so by seeing adults um, that they can trust, modeling behaviors that that we want them to learn from, such as reading to each other, we're really helping to uh, establish stronger foundations for the kids in terms of education. So how is United for Reading still relevant even in today's social media world?
2: It is unbelievably relevant, and it's wonderful that we as military families have access to programs like FaceTime and Skype and all those other digital platforms with which we can communicate um, to our service members. But the truth is, those platforms are not as reliable as United Through Reading, and they're not reliable for a number of reasons. Um, one, who knows if the connection will be working that day, and if it is working, how smooth and um, freeze frame free it will be, because certainly we all know that those those connections drop quickly. Two, the service member's schedule is not usually the child's schedule because they're separated by such a great distance, even when they're stateside, perhaps at training, their work schedule is not going to necessarily align with when the child wants a naptime story or a bedtime story. So United to Reading really fills that gap. Um, it's, like I said before in our, my little R's <laughs> um, spiel, the reliability and the repeatability for the child allows them to decide when they want story time and not be reliant on their service member's schedule. Uh, It's not that the service member doesn't want to be there for every bedtime story because truly they all do. But unfortunately, with the realities of their jobs and their demands, they can't be. So while it's great to communicate with Skype and FaceTime, it doesn't replace the United Through Reading program for the military child.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree with you, Molly. So how can families find out more information about United Through Reading after today's podcast?
2: So we have a wonderful website, which is www.unitedthroughreading.org, where you can go and browse not only testimonials from families who have participated in the program, you can see our current programs list, which right now um, encompasses over 250 locations around the world. And you can... Find out how you and your service member can participate in the program if that's something that you would enjoy doing. Um, We don't restrict this program to deployed families. Um, We really encourage families who are still together, you know, stateside to go ahead and make recordings to have for those nights that the service member might not be home for trainings or TDYs or all those other reasons that they might not be around for their bedtime stories. Wonderful.
1: Well, Molly, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk to us and for sharing your knowledge and expertise with our listeners.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Susan.
1: It was a pleasure. Thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. Please like, share, and subscribe. We appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about in the future. Please continue listening for our after show where we will talk in more detail about some of the points we shared on today's topic.
0: We're gonna talk about literacy and the importance of reading. My name's Tara Gleason. I'm a parent educator, curriculum developer, researcher for the Military Child Education Coalition, and now the producer of our podcast For the Sake of the Child. I'm also a parent of three elementary school kids, and I used to be an educator myself. And Joining me today is Renee Bostick. Ms. Bostick is a professional educator who's worked in a variety of roles from classroom teacher to reading specialist to assistant principal to principal. She is the Chief Public Affairs and Education Officer for Bostick Global Strategies and on the board of directors for the Military Child Education Coalition. She's also a military spouse and author. Ms. Bostick, thank you so much for being here today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
3: Well, there's just so many places I could begin. So I would share this, that it has been, I have to say, the most amazing journey from when my husband first started, we started together in the Army, to this point in time. And then raising a child who's an only child uh, and moving place to place, I think about the 11 years that we moved every year for 11 years of the 27 moves that we've had. and of the fact that our son was in a different school every year from kindergarten through seventh grade. wow! And the adjustments that had to be made, and this was going across the Atlantic twice during that time Mm -hmm. for us to go from here to Germany, back to here, and then to Germany again. So he's had quite Quite a varied experience, but really deep and broad in interpersonal relationships. So I think about one of the gifts of that moving is the fact that he often says to me, he can walk into a room of strangers and he has no problem going up and talking. He said, Because you know, Mama, you can always ask questions, and people really like to tell you about themselves. And so I've often said to him, you know, it's more important to be interested in someone than interesting. Mm -hmm. And when you're interested in someone, you just learn so much. And that's important. And that's one of the gifts of moving from Mm -hmm. place to place. And so what we've tried to do is capitalize on that, you know, and make the most of it. Because there were many a time, (laughs) I remember in Heidelberg, when he was in first grade, him sitting on the steps of, because we lived in a four-story stairwell, in Heidelberg on the fourth floor. And I remember him sitting out on the steps of the front of the stairwell, his head in his hands, and just tears running down his cheeks, saying, I don't want to leave Heidelberg. I like living here. All my friends are here. I don't want to go to Crummy. And we were moving to Baumholder. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to Crummy Baumholder. And I said to him, you'll love Baumholder. It's so pretty. It's hills and green trees. And I don't want to go. We go to Baumholder for a year. He's sitting on the steps of the fourplex we live in, and he has his head in his hands. Now he's finishing second grade, tears running down his cheeks. I don't want to go to Crummy Bad Kreuznach. I want to stay <laughs> in Baumholder. So I only say that to give it as an example of every move we made. He didn't want to go, but when he arrived and he started to
0: make friends, it made all the difference. Absolutely. It's so important to our military kids, that ability to make friends and be able to make friends quickly, just like he was talking about, where you can always ask questions, and so you're absolutely right. And what a great example. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. So, you are a professional educator and have had decades of experience working with military children. Can you talk to us a little bit? I know you have a a passion for literacy and reading. And I know last year here at the NTS, you did a talk on MemFox. So I know you could probably talk and link with us about literacy and military kids in specific.
3: Well, you know, I do have a great passion for literacy. And I'll give you an example of something, (laughs) two examples, quick ones. One is about literacy and the importance of it. I was asked to call someone uh, because they had questions. It was with the university I was connect- I've been connected with right now. And I was asked to call someone and talk with them about um, a program and ask them questions and get some answers. So I called them, and we were talking. And he said to me, are, are you the Renee Bostic that taught fifth grade at Fort Leavenworth? And I said, yes. And he said, you know, I'm in the Army. I said, I didn't know that. He goes, well, he's, well I'm retired, actually. But I was at CGSC with you and your husband, if this is the same Renee Bostick. And I asked him what year, and he said the year. And he goes, I think you had my son in your fifth grade class. And I, I thought of the name. I said, oh, my gosh, is. And I said, the name is this your son. And he said, yeah, it is. I said, oh, I remember him. First seat, third row, blonde hair, blue eyes, great sense of humor. I said, that fifth grade class was super. And he said, well, let me tell you something. He never liked to read before fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And you started the year off with, he came home and said, Dad, we're doing literature circles. And we're reading the book, The Indian in the Cupboard. Mm -hmm. And every night, the dad told me when dinner would start, son would start explaining what happened in the story that day. Mm-hmm. And he has been a reader ever since and now he's a battalion commander. Wow. But he's been a reader ever since. And his father said, and it's all because of fifth grade and that one book that was a turning point for him in reading. So years later, my husband's in Iraq. He's at this meeting. He's sitting in the in the seats, you know, that are behind the people who are the leadership. And the person who's leading the before it starts says, Hey Tom, how's Renee? And my husband he looked at me and thought, oh, okay. Because he was there to to talk what was going on with the engineers, you know, mm-hmm. and the electricity and the water and everything that was happening in Iraq. And he said, Well, she's fine, sir. You know. My son still remembers when he was in fourth grade, and he started to give an example of some of the things he remembers. And one of the things he remembers was everything that we did with reading and books and how he would just come home so excited from everything, from where in the world is Carmen Sandiego, Mm -hmm. uh, a, a computer game at that time, and studying geography, to reading books about different places in the world because we were always doing that. So it was a combination that you're fiction and nonfiction, which is really important, too, that children get mm-hmm. a mix. So my husband sent me an email from Iraq, and he goes, I want you to know that reading was the topic of discussion before we got to trash and water and lights and roads and infrastructure.
0: <laughs> that
3: is just amazing. So yes, you do touch lives, and there are defining moments. I think for all of us, we, we all remember books as children that touched us that when we see it, it brings back a really sweet memory. And I think that's the whole point of sharing books with children, even with adult friends. Mm-hmm. That I mean, when you share a book, a good book you've read, and they decide a friend decides to read it, and then they come back and say, Oh, Tara, that was the best book. It makes you feel good inside because you know, you gave them that opportunity to enjoy something in print that Mm -hmm. someone felt so, that it was so important that they wrote and they committed it to paper and it was published and and shared,
0: you know? Absolutely. So on this line, are there some books that you could suggest to parents for kids, um, military kids, or even highly mobile kids in general about moving and transitions? Do you have any suggestions for us? I do, actually, there is a book that, actually there are several
3: books, but the one of the books, is Follow the Moon Home. Follow the Moon Home is about a a, a young girl whose parents move, and she goes to a community that's so different than any place she's ever been. It's near the ocean. The people all know each other. The kids in school have all gone to school together all these years, and they all have their little groups and cliques and so forth, and she's new. Mm -hmm. But she happens to get a teacher who understands about being new. Mm-hmm. And the teacher gives the kids a project. They want them to do a service project. And so because of the teacher, her parents are helping her facilitate, you know, becoming part of this new community. And this project, it's an amazing story. And it's, and it's a true story, but the author combined fiction and nonfiction. So mm-hmm. it's Follow the Moon Home. It's, it's one I highly recommend. You and know, the
0: author, who was the author again? Oh,
3: Philip Cousteau, Jacques okay. Cousteau's um, son, who decided to write this story mm-hmm. and who knows so much about the ocean. And it's a beautiful book. Thank so you. So I would, I would recommend that. Actually, you could even have, you know, if your child is in even middle school and they read through it, even though it's a picture book, Mm -hmm. because I've taught high school English and used picture books Mm -hmm. with the kids, and they just seem to really gravitate toward it, especially when it's a bunch of picture books and a bunch of the kids, and they're in class, and they have to look through the picture books for certain reasons to connect the literature, children's literature, to say uh, a Shakespearean tragedy or a comedy Mm -hmm. that we're doing, Mm -hmm. and it uh, this connection about being thematic. Mm-hmm. But this is all about um, being new mm-hmm. and how you adjust. Wonderful. You know? So it's Follow the Moon Home by Philippe Cousteau. Yes, so that's one. The other one, this one's brand new <laughs> out. It's pretty amazing. It's called The Parker Inheritance. It's a chapter book, and it's by Varian Johnson. It was just published about a month or two ago. And it's about these two kids who have to solve a puzzle, hidden treasure. They're brand new to each other, they're new to the area, and they link up because they have a common goal, a common purpose. Mm-hmm. And then they go treasure hunting. Mm-hmm. But it's entitled The Parker Inheritance by Barry and Johnson. So,
0: And what age group would you suggest for that? It looks like a chapter book, so it's me, like what level are we looking at?
3: I would say if you have a child who is a most excellent reader, uh, a third or fourth grader could read it. But I also think the interest level is so high, it'd be really a really good one for middle school. Great. So there's a wide range for this one.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Now there's another one, The Inquisitor's Tale by Adam Gidwitz, mm-hmm. that is about three children and their dog. Mm-hmm. and also um, a wizard-like character who comes into their life. So it has a bit of a flavor of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. but the interesting thing is, is each of the children represent a different culture and a different religion, but the, they're on a quest, and it has nothing to do with the religion or the culture, and has everything to do with the quest.
0: And how in line is that with the military child that constantly is coming into new cultures and figuring that everywhere they go. What a great suggestion. I'm like seriously writing that down to read that.
3: (laughs) Well, The Inquisitor's Tale, and it's beautiful inside because Adam Gedwitz, the author, had parents who encouraged his doodling when he was a little kid. He doodled on everything. Mm -hmm. And so he's doodled all through this book, and it looks, the pictures are very much in the realm of art you might see in medieval times or the Mm -hmm. Renaissance. So it's a beautiful book but it's The Inquisitor's
0: Tale by Adam Gedwitz. And the the level for that one again?
3: This one, you could middle school, high school. Middle
0: school, high school. And it's
3: a great read aloud if you've got a fourth, fifth, or sixth grader if you're reading aloud. You know, speaking of reading aloud, I have to say this. When my son was a senior in high school, he was so inundated with work and projects and assignments that it just seemed like he never got to bed before midnight, Mm -hmm. and he was studying great southern writers in English, and English was the last thing he'd do Mm -hmm. every night because it was not his favorite. Mm -hmm. He loved math and science,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: history, but not English. So what I did with him every night, he'd go upstairs around midnight, and I would sit in a chair beside his bed, and I would read to him from whatever southern writer he allowed. Even in high school? Even in high school. So we were, I remember distinctly Eudora Welty. He said, Mom, she is, I don't, she's the worst. You know, teens are very blunt. I said, No, she has a lot of appeal, Josh. You just have to look for it in her writing. Mm -hmm. Mom, I said, I said, Let me do this. How about if we do this? I will read to you at night while you go and while you or tuck yourself in, Mm -hmm. and then if you fall asleep, you fall asleep just like you did as a little guy, but at least you'll get some essence of a writing. Well, his teacher over the, the week or two that they were studying Southern writers said to him, you know, Josh, you're the only one in this class that reads what I assign.
0: And he, he, he's like, uh, yeah, that, that would be my mom
3: reading to me. <laughs> and, I, and I knew the teacher. And anyway, he said, uh, my mom reads it aloud to me at night so that at least I um, meet your requirements. Because she said, if you're assigned something, you need to meet your commitments. Mm-hmm. And so he, that's what we did. That's how we pretty much, you might say, found a middle ground.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that was, that was important. But I, I want to share for the little ones. Mm-hmm. There's a brand new book out called "Ricky, the Rock That Couldn't Roll," mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a, it's uh, about these rocks, uh, but it's about a new rock to the rock group mm-hmm. and how tries to fit in mm-hmm. and how the others around him either help him or don't. And in the end, I won't tell the end of the story, but it's newly published and it's it's a, a great book, "Ricky, the Rock That Couldn't Roll," because it's all about understanding each other. You know, especially mm-hmm. if you're new. So, and this one's for the, the wee little ones. Uh, it was just published by Brendan Wenzel, Hello, Hello, and it's all about how we're all very different and how hello and a, smi- a smile actually can be read in any language, you know? Right. And it means the same in any language, a smile. So, but it's just a beautiful illustrative book of, animals, all different kinds of animals and how they say hello to each other and welcome you in. Mm-hmm. So, I, I share that, but the, I had two books for parents. One is Brain Rules. John Medina wrote a book in 2006, Brain Rules, and it's about the 10 rules of how you can um, basically, thro- your brain can thrive mm-hmm. as an individual. And one of those rules is to make sure you exercise and you get out. Mm -hmm. And whether you ride a bike, kick a soccer ball around, whether you walk, whatever you do, that that supports that plasticity of the brain Mm -hmm. that you're getting out, you're getting more oxygen to the brain, and you're just feeling better. And I know so many people know that already, but it's one of those brain rules. It also talks about um, social skills, and it talks about um, Mm interpersonal skills and working with one another and community Mm -hmm. and so it's the most perfect book I had given it to my husband when it first was published he started buying it and giving it to the people who worked for him Mm -hmm. and he said you really have to read this you really can't go without reading this well then John Medina wrote a book brain rules for babies or baby brain rules that's Mm -hmm. it, baby brain rules ages zero to five Mm -hmm. and now he just wrote one this year, published it two months ago, um, Brain Rules for Aging Well. And I, I one of the ten rules in Brain Rules for Aging Well is uh, don't let your world shrink. Yep. And I think that's really good advice, no matter what age you are. And so for a military child coming into a new community, mm-hmm. if you have the chance to reach out, then, then you you know, expand your world rather than having it shrink or stay stagnant or status quo, Mm -hmm. and that's so important. So I just share that, and there's one other one that I think the parents will really like. It's called iGen, and um, Dr. Twenge, who's at the University of San Diego, wrote this book in the last year, and she studied children who were born in 1995 because they grew up in a world of total digital Mm -hmm. technology and she talks about not only how this has impacted them but also as a parent how you can interact with them and help optimize the digital world but also monitor what children are doing Mm -hmm. with the digital world Mm -hmm. social media technology with their iPads with their iPhones and so forth, but this is a most excellent book. She's been all around the United States in the last four or five months
0: mm-hmm. talking
3: and explaining the research that she has found, but the title of the book is why today's super connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood, and what that means for the rest of us. Wow. Yes, so I, I wanted to share that because this this will be very important as we go through the years to understand the generation that's
0: growing up now. And know? it's a big concern of parents. We, we have parent workshops just on this topic, of kids in media and setting those healthy limits. So it's a great recommendation. Thank you so yes. much. And thank you for talking with us today and sharing your expertise with our listeners. Thank, thank you, Tara, so much for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.